Welcome to the writer's block. I'm Ty. We have HD Andy with us yet again. Uh, and we're talking about stuff with writing. And yeah, writing. Anyways, before we get into that, a couple of announcements. Um, if you're still watching, you haven't already clicked away, we will not have episodes for the next two weeks. So on March 25th and April 1st, we won't have any videos. Probably. But yeah, most likely not. Anyways, uh, so feel free to rewatch one of the old ones, you know? Maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll do like some kind of like compilation or something like that, and I'll release that. Best moments. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Best moments of the after dark episodes. Featuring intermittent episodes or <laughs> intermittent parts of, you know, no longer HD Andy doing uh what is what is that uh whispering in the microphone? Thing. Oh, ASMR. ASMR, yeah. Yeah, that's a... Uh, maybe not. I don't know if anyone would want that. But anyways... Um, <laughs> just yeah. a constant loop. It's a 10-hour loop. Of just you and I doing that intro when we did the first After Dark episode. <laughs> maybe I'll do that. I really, I could make a 10-hour video of that. My computer would probably combust, but I, I might still do that. Okay. Well, well, <laughs> keep your eyes post... Uh, <laughs> Or your ears posted, because, you know, this is oh, also man. a uh, audio-formatted podcast. But, yeah, so, Andy, would you like to tell us the topic for today's writing block? <laughs> so I, I, don't always think, I don't always think of uh, the actual sentence before I start talking. I just start That's spitting okay. out words. And Spewing then... Out. Yeah, and then things just become a blur, you know. So, yeah, um, do tell us. All right, what? so today we, we I came up with the idea to talk about the most cliche character that we have come up with in our story and have created, and then our most <clears throat> most unique character that we've ever created and put it in a story. So <laughs> something a little bit different. I know we've gone over cliche episode. We went we had a whole episode dedicated to cliches, I believe, or at least half an episode. I was in oh. our early days. Early, early days. I mean, it's, you know, probably, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, his memory is not what it used to be, as he reminds us every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. Now, my, my <laughs> computer is making a buzzing noise, so I just kind of gave it a good, firm kick. Okay. But yes, um, we do talk about cliche stuff. Yeah. In fact, so. the fact that we talk about it so much is becoming a cliche. But anyway, cliche. continue. So, for me personally, the most cliche character that I have come up with by far is probably my main character in my novel. He's, <laughs> uh, yeah. I can, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's the most, like, uh, I'm trying to think of the words, he's the most, he's the character that I've based off himself the most by far, 100%. He's tall, built, tan. Italian. I mean, you can't. How 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 much more can you like? Writing's on the wall here, and then he moves to a small town. You know, he's uh, he's obviously assertive because he's the chief of police, but he's also down to earth, quiet. You know, mostly reserved when he it doesn't have to be assert. You know, assertive and all that, and has a cat. 
So if you can't get any more cliche than that, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you can do. Like he doesn't have any real issues. There's no personal life background, which I don't know if that part has is really cliche. But I mean, definitely, you should have when building characters for all you young writers out there. There has to their backstory should always have there should be a problem, so it's more interesting for like character building and everything like as if he's just clean cut like had a great family upbringing and not, nothing ever bad ever happened it's what kind of story is that to tell it's not very interesting even for me personally don't you think yeah yeah so what just, uh, but do you see that does your character have a flaw or uh as of right now no but i need to like i haven't really worked on it i need to like have a better flaw as before i mean he could rent he could his one flaw could be rambling like i'm currently doing or have a lisp every once in a while but uh i mean a major flaw persistent stutter persistent <laughs> stutter i mean yeah. hands in the air 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 i mean he's stuck on repeat yeah it could i mean that would be, be interesting it would be interesting but i it mean change a few things there would be, I guess technically there would be a flaw in the next book if I ever get to that far. But <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything. But that, by, but I think from from all the writing that I've done, I feel like that's the most cliche like character that I have come up with. I mean, unless you can think of one of the writings that you've written, like you've read of mine, something different, because you have a pretty firm grasp of what this main character is like the chief of police, like I've explained it to you a bunch when we've gone over yeah, I mean, like my storyline and plot and everything. So it, I feel like that's definitely... Yeah, the character definitely like, it's definitely kind of like a Italian Rambo with like, who has a cat? <laughs> kind of a, yeah. Uh, it, is it Rambo Italian? Because it's Sylvester Stallone. Well, Sylvester Stallone's Italian, but is Rambo himself the character of Rambo? Is he Italian? Is he? Ita I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. could, could you make the assumption that he is? No. Never assume anything. No. Mr. No. H. D. Andy. You should always do the research. But um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 can, I concur with your assessment. Well, that's good. So now, now that we have figured out that this character that no one has read about other than you know or discussed other than me and you is the most cliche person i've ever read or written or created what would you say your most cliche <laughs> so the, the first one that comes to mind is a character in this wonderful book right here called fairly human okay uh what are the odds i can open up a page with this guy um the character i'm thinking of is i don't remember his name um he okay let me just find him he's, he's an old guy okay he, he lives in a small town in florida okay so in this part of the book the family has escaped saint pete and they're in a town called winter haven and they're looking for a place to stay at because you know obviously their home is gone and they kind of uh need a place to sleep so he, they're searching through this you know, small town trying to find a place, and they walk into um, 
they don't they walk into a, a home that I think they thought was abandoned or um yeah here we go <laughs> they thought it was abandoned and then it um turns out that it's not abandoned there's a guy there I just, I just want to find it because Okay, the guy's name is Clyde Bundy. All right. Um, he. Clyde is the most, I feel like that's one of like the most cliche first names for an old person. It is. Come well, up with. It's not cliche because he's old. It's cliche because he's basically a like stereotypical conservative old white dude who, you know, like it, it, it's almost laughably stereotypical. And it's maybe it's not cliche. I feel like it's kind of cliche in a way, but it's like the, the family walks up to this house and, you know, I, I guess I just assume that it's empty. They walk in and, you know, this guy, Clyde, he, uh, you know, he's like, not one more step, pal, points the shotgun at them. And, uh, you know, he's like warning them, like, oh, I could kill you and claim self-defense, you know, basically very, you know, in that kind of, like that kind of. That's a very foreign sentence. It's a very, very foreign sentence right there. Yeah. He's a, you know, the name's Clyde Bundy. I got room here. If you don't mind the clutter, you may have heard of me from the radio program I'm on, the Outspoken Christian in Conservative Forum. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very, you know, like when you think of that kind of person, you know, it, it's, it's too stereotypical. It's almost laughable. You know, y'all come on in. You know, it, like really funny. <laughs> Honestly, this is one of the favorite parts of this book. They're like, they let. Like this guy, you know, he initially he's kind of antagonistic, but he lets them in. And, uh, you know, he's like, three kids, that's it, you know, because, you know, they should have more kids, stuff like that. And Clyde <laughs> walked toward the bathroom, ending the awkward conversation. House was in disarray. The scent of tobacco was in the air. And then uh, <laughs> Clyde starts dry heaving in the bathroom. <laughs> it's just, oh, I remember oh, thinking God. about it this morning. They quietly vacated the house and continued their search. <laughs> Oh, man, it is. I don't That's know. He, he was just a, I don't want to say a throwaway character, but he's essentially a throwaway character that was only existed on two pages of this book. But, you know, the, the, the character himself, he's not very well written. He's just a copy and paste, you know, conservative Christian old dude from Florida, you know. That's that's about it. Who, who dry oh, heaves in the bathroom for some reason? I still don't so remember would that you, one. Would you consider mine not very well written because it's a cli it's cliched like a cliched character that I've created? Oh, I guess when I say it's not well written, I should say that it's not well developed. And that, I mean, it would be up to you to say that, but maybe it no. could be the same category. You know, developed as in like he doesn't have an actual like the the most backstory I did on him was. Create, making him the creator of the, you know, uh, outspoken Christian, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christian and conservative form, you know, on, you know, AM radio, because I don't know if you listen to AM radio, but it's basically static. It's, well, that's it, a little bit static. And then, you know, conservative and Christian, you know, forum. Yeah, it's, yeah, big, big talk show stuff. Um, specifically conservative stuff, I should, I should say. But, uh, you know, so that's the most development I did on him. But like, I never, intended for you know Clyde Bundy to be a big character so it kind of worked out pretty well I feel like you know it, it, he's not a notable character so 
him being kind of cliche. Yeah. It's if anything, it's a little laugh in the middle of a, of a really kind of not. I don't want to say it's a sad book, but it's a lot of death in this book. Morbid, would you say? I guess morbid. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, you know, spoiler alert, but like a lot of people die in this in this book. Not just civilians that aren't even named, but like main characters in the book. Like a lot of them die. You know, I I will say I was partly inspired by Game of Thrones to not treat characters, even the ones that I liked, with any special regard. You know, all the characters in the book had to be in a position to die if the story called for it. And, I didn't uh, know Game Games of Thrones Game of Thrones did that thought of that i've never seen it or read it so great great uh great movie a great tv series i feel like i'm not sure if it's a great book series i'm sure it is i haven't read it yet but for the the tv series the first season um the main character everyone thought was um what's his name i think his name is sean something he uh he was the Bad guy in clear and present danger. Um, yeah, what was his name? Sean okay. Penn? No. <laughs> um, I, mean, I guess I could just do a quick Google search because that's, um, you know, what it's here for. Uh, Sean Connery. I don't think it was him. I don't think it was Sean. Yeah. His, his name might not actually be Sean, to be honest. But I will find out in a moment. Anyways, everyone thought he was the main character, and then he died. Sean Bean. Yeah, everyone's favorite Irishman, Sean Bean. I think he's Irish. Yeah, he was, everyone thought he was the main character, gets beheaded. Spoiler alert, a little, little late for that one, but, you know, that kind of set the tone for, um, you know, no one was safe. And boy, was nobody safe in that TV series. But, uh, yeah, that would be my... Most cliche character, I guess. And, uh, yeah. So I'll I mean, pass the mic I mean, back to you. Well, I was, that's a good... I mean, that's a very good character to have. Like, I didn't even think of, like... And it's not even... The best thing is that he doesn't pay, play a really pivotal role. Like, that's the only, what, five pages? That, how many pages does he show up in? Like, two. two. Okay, two. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, if you're going to create a cliche character, I think that's how you want to want to have it just two in and out that's it yeah i, I agree you know it was, I mean? like, that chap this chapter was honestly so much uh fun thinking back to it because like that that chapter was just like probably don't actually need to keep it the book if i'm being honest but like you know they, they go they go to that guy's house it's um You know, it's got the old guy in it. And then they end up finding... Actually, right before they go to the old guy's house, they, they actually found a place, and they kind of started settling in. But it had been abandoned for a long time. And it's the part where the, t the the main character, Frank, and his wife, they lay down in the bed, and they look up, and they see that, like, a good section of the ceiling's missing. And then, uh, or, or it's, like, it's kind of, like, not in the best shape. And he, he grabs this, like, nearby cane, and he pokes it. And then the ceiling just starts collapsing in on themselves. Yeah. He's like, termites beat us to this house, I think. And then they they run off to Clyde Bundy's house. And 
they hear him dry heaving in the bathroom. It's honestly it's just a there's a fun story or a fun chapter in a pretty yeah, I mean okay, maybe this isn't a fun chapter. Right after they leave Clyde's house, uh they come across <laughs> the woman that the main character cheated on his wife with. So it gets Ooh. kind of spicy pretty quick, you know. But uh yeah. This book has everything. It really does. Like this is still my most crowning achievement. Crowning achievement is that the right way to phrase? Crowning? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Sometimes I say things and I it just it doesn't make sense. But I blame the brain tumor, but which I'm you know, more and more certain that it is actually real because it's kind of uh, you know making me scared. But yeah, again, I'm gonna pass the mic back to you. All right, so I guess the second part was the most unique character. I'm going to let you go first on this one that you've ever created because I have to think about this because I don't I, I don't know if I need to go off of my short stories that I've you know created or uh, my my you know my novel that you know is such a side note right now it's pathetic. Fair enough. Well. Gonna so take gonna some water because this is gonna be quite a quite a rambling moment. Okay. So uh, when I think of the most creative or the most unique character uh, that I've written, um, I I, I kind of had to th- you know I had to think about this on short notice, but um, I don't think any character in that book was any more unique or or any of my other books was more unique than the main character Eve Harlow that I wrote in my soon-to-be-released story, The Sound of Silence. Uh, I've talked about that book and her a little bit on this uh, program, but part of, I think, part of what makes her unique is, um, I mean, more more so at least than other people, other characters I've written, is her character development, I feel like. Because she... She is, you know, she's like 21 years old, lives in a really small town. It's a very religious town, very conservative family, you know, like ultra conservative. And she's trying to find meaning in the world around her. She's trying to find a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging. And um, she ends up finding it with, you know, with God. And she has this kind of like religious sort of moment where she actually, you know, she hears God's voice. And I mean, it's, want to preface this by saying it's a horror story it you know a lot of dark things happen i mean not murder i guess killing death but nothing too much beyond that i guess um yeah she she finds this kind of um and there's also flashbacks i should note that too the each chapter starts with if you've read on my website there's um i have the first three chapters available to read um each chapter starts off with a short conversation with between Eve and her psychiatrist or therapist from the year 1994. At that point, she's institutionalized, but the book itself takes place over the course of late 1986, early 1987. And uh, so it's during this time period, she's you know, trying to find answers, trying to, like really trying to find answers. She's almost, um, she's defiantly trying to find answers you know, against her parents' wishes, you know, she goes and speaks to um, pastors. I, I'll be honest with you, I know um, not all churches consider their, you know, speakers to be 
priests or pastors. I don't actually know the specific terminology for each institution, but um, I don't think actually, yeah. Just Catholic is priest, and then Christian <laughs> religion is pastor. That's all I know. Like Protestants? And then, yeah, or, yeah. So I guess Presbyterian, which I was, or which I am denoted as Presbyterian, so it's that's a pastor. But there's also a, I had the word before you minister said something. Minister, that's another one that you can use in the Christian faith. Um, uh, and then just, I think, just speaker is yeah. another one too. Or, you know. So, yeah. all right, continue. I just <laughs> wanted to see that. Sorry. Side note, continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this particular religion that her parents and that most of the town was a part of was, uh, as a, God, I don't remember the exact name. It was an older religion. I mean, it's Protestant, but uh, there's hundreds of Protestant religions. It was a, this particular group, they spoke the word of God or they spoke in the language of God, which is, you know, tongues, you know. So, like, they would be in church. There'd be a, a sermon going on or, you know, the minister, whatever they call it, would be, you know, giving his, you know, I actually did a pretty decent amount of re uh, research on, like, specific texts from the Bible to, to include here and that they reference throughout the book and so that was kind of interesting but um they would he would start the sermon he would be talking he'd get really into it really passionate and then like the like there's one specific scene in the beginning where you know the, the very front rows of the church they start speaking in tongues they start you know making noises <laughs> essentially um which is I was, i've always thought it was a fascinating uh part of this particular religion because i don't fully understand it and i mean I, I think i understand it but i don't know if that makes it better or worse but anyways so in this particular scene you know they're, do, they're turning their tongue talking in the front and it just kind of like rushes back towards eve and she's in the she's in the back with her family and um it's like a it's a very uh important moment for her because she wants to speak in the same language but when in the you know when all the stuff comes to her she, she can't really she doesn't talk she doesn't speak the same way that everyone else does she doesn't understand it doesn't understand why and so like the, the questions keep coming back to her like why why can't i speak in god's language why can't i take part in these you know uh church activities you know and she asks her, her father and her father's like you're not pure enough you know you have too many impurities you know uh, cleanse yourself and purify yourself of whatever's stopping you from doing this and you know and then again you know time comes you still can't speak and all the bad stuff happens you know but um part of what happens is uh she keeps trying to build a lot of communication with with god and that's kind of why i think she's such a unique character because like she ends up having an actual dialogue with god at least she thinks she does you know throughout after like chapter five or six she you know makes contact and there's a regular communication and there's um certain commands that are issued like you know you must you got to save this person or you gotta uh do this or that it's you know probably considered blasphemous <laughs> by some critiques but uh it's it her, her character is just it's a fascinating character and i uh yeah. Fascinating character. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want you to give too much away because this sounds like it's going to be your next. Well, 
It's not well, this one. It's the third best-selling novel that you're going to have. The second one's going to be the sequel to that, right? Well, um, so Is I don't... Is that what the timeline was? The, well, the, the current plan... Uh, the next book I'm going to release is still Fairly Human 3. That's right. I forgot number two is yeah. the novella. Yeah. yeah. Number two is like the stepchild that should have just been a, you know, an afterward section or something, you know, uh, what an epilogue should have just been an epilogue of the first book. Oh, well, is what it is. Um, Fairly Human 3 will come out. This particular book, Sound of Silence, I originally wanted to make it a full length novel. Um, I've mentioned that multiple times. I may have also mentioned that it has a lot in common with a book called uh, Carrie. Carrie, which I was going to grab, but I don't know where it's at. Uh, Carrie by Stephen King. A lot of similarities. Um, would have required some extensive rewrites because uh, there's a lot of similarities, a lot of differences, though. Um, I ended up not changing a whole lot. I just I don't know how long the book is. It's, it's, or the, I don't know how long The Sound of Silence is. It's Maybe, I think it's less than 20,000 words, to be honest. It's going to actually be included in a compilation of short stories that I have that'll be coming out later this year as well, um, which I will certainly announce on this platform. So that, that'll be part of a, a series called uh, More Than a Few Stories. It's going to have a, a bunch of stuff, like uh, old writings I had that are uh, old, old short stories that were like based off of Law and Order. It'll have a bunch of short, short stories that, page long it'll have some five or six pages long it'll include some utopian works and some dystopian works some sad stuff but you know most importantly it'll include the sound of silence but i'll probably end up releasing the whole thing for free at some point on my website probably but although i do have ideas for a sequel to it and the ideas for the sequel to this um sound of silence would be a lot Easier to write, I think, because uh, I mean, obviously, Carrie doesn't have a sequel, and the proposed sequel that I have for uh, The Sound of Silence is it would draw a lot of inspiration from some of the events that happened in Waco, Texas. If you know about that, there was a religious compound out there, they called themselves the Branch Davidians or something like that. It's basically a very niche cult, whatever. Um, yeah, then they, I think it was the ATF tried to move in and take the place over and then the whole place burned down and everyone died. But anyways, the idea of this sort of like cult group in the middle of nowhere that's self-sufficient, I thought was kind of interesting. And uh, yeah. But that's a potential sequel. I can't guarantee I'm ever going to write it, but it's, uh, it's, it's a there. sequel it's idea that I wrote down three years ago when I originally wanted to write, you know, The Sound of Silence. Originally titled Eve, fun fact after the name of the main character. Hmm. Who, her name in of itself is also, uh, obviously... It's, undertone. Uh, it's what? I said it has a religious undertone to it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That was so kind of hidden, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm so smart. <laughs> but I guess... Well, here's a question. Do you know where the, the current title, The Sound of Silence, you know where that comes from? No. It's an old song from, I guess, Simon Garfunkel and somebody else hello darkness my old friend oh that's right you told yeah. me this is a that i don't know what it was about that song kind of stuck with me i think part of the idea was um hello darkness my old friend 
I, oh God, I don't remember. There's something in this in the song that made me think it was a good idea as a title, but I haven't listened to the song in a while, so can't really comment on that. So I guess I'll pop the question back to you, Mister well, H D Andy. What uh, unique character have you written? I would say all my short stories, like this, could be really. I, I could be pulling, you know, stuff out of my my butt for this, but it's all the short stories in my time series that is in second person. Because it's unique because it's technically you. <laughs> Am I pulling I pull a rabbit out of a hat here? Like is that because I can't I can't think if I really have. I know I came up with the question prompt myself. And I, now that I think of it more and more, I don't have really any unique no no one really sticks out that i can think of in my short stories maybe my newest one yeah. smoky the cat i don't I, I don't know if you've read that or not i have not okay i didn't realize it was but, out i mean i, I guess i should have realized it was out it was yeah you, you know so last episode that it was releasing yeah. this past week i think um it released the sixth was today at 12, 11th? Yeah. Yeah. 311. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, but it would be either be him or, and that's not really unique. I mean, he's got a unique storyline. Well, it's not a really even a unique storyline, but he has a unique presence within the story. But I would say within my time series, all the, the ones that have, or that are in second person. And I can't even give you details as to why I think that, only other than the fact that it's the reader who is, like, in the moment, supposed to feel in the moment that they're actually talking about, like, themselves within the story. So that's, I don't have anything, I mean, I don't know how unique, like, in Rue, that is brought up 4,000 times, uh, you know, in this podcast, that's a, that's a normal, not a normal, but it's a, it's not a very unique storyline because it happens all the time. Not the finding the dog part, but a, a high school kid going home and killing themselves happens, <laughs> you know, far too often. Jinkies. You know, but, you know, or the thought of it anyway. Yeah, you know, certainly, certainly. Uh, I mean, the old people who live in the Adirondacks all year round, they want to get stomach cancer. Okay, that happens to anybody. Uh you're driving to get ice cream and your sister gets killed and well dies at the end of like after getting killed in a car crash in a car crash. You ever read that one? I don't think so. Oh, spoiler alert. That, that was my second ever release on my uh, website. Uh, a lot of positive energy here. Yeah. Um, but I, not, I definitely, and, and then having a, uh, the sequel to Remembrance, which Remembrance was my first ever release. And then I don't remember, I don't remember the title of that, the, the, the sequel to that. The famous author doesn't get the, to the, doesn't get, he, he runs into the girl that he fell in love with, who was his old neighbor, but she's married and has a kid, like has a family. So he tells her he has to go be with them, even though they really do like each other. Uh, and then he gets, drunk and it gets arrested i mean that's not very unique 
I'm giving away all my stories right here and there. So no one ever has to visit my website. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, shoot. <laughs> uh, there's, but I mean, I have more in there that I can't think of, but I would have to say, and it's not like, it's not very unique at all is all the short stories that are second person within that time series. Would you not agree? I mean, you've read most of my book, well, some of my work. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the second person character is definitely pretty unique. I mean, because it's not just a second person character, kind of goes back and forth. And that same character also, you know, you see that character in, in like, I would say dream states that are you know, not reality. A couple but, of, yeah, a couple of different states of mind as he evolves or devolves, or it's at least the story evolves more. Yeah. yeah so um, definitely. Um, that's some good stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty neat character. Well, I guess I have a, a short story in mind that I kind of started would be even more unique now, I guess, if you think about it from the perspective. But I'm not going to divulge that in case it actually turns into an actual short story. But that, that second parter is actually harder than I thought it was going to be. That yeah. question. I, I don't yeah. really have unique characters, I don't think. I don't think I really have ideas outside my little like frame of mind it's either happy sort of or just you know reality of sadness and despair or whatever else yeah I mean, also like there's a question of like what defines a unique character because i've got mm -hmm. um i have like a five part series that i it's all released on my website that um it's a it's basically a dystopian series the world's kind of like at a crossroads where um, direct radical change needs to happen in order to, to save humanity. Otherwise, humanity just goes up a cliff. And um, one, so like each of the five stories, two of them are from the perspective of the same person. And this person is trying to advocate for a, a whole new society that's, um, you know, more, you know, uh, more like, I guess, environmentally sustainable because that's a big part of it. And then there's economic equity and all this stuff. And yeah, the whole idea actually came from a school-related uh, project I had to do. And the the character, I mean, the character doesn't have a name. They're just a, a person. And, you know, you, you hear their direct opinion on the thing of uh, what needs to be done. And they, they reference, you know, like philosophers from the 1700s, 1800s, you know, Rousseau and God, yeah, I can't remember anyone else. But um, then he comes back because the the council he's talking to uh, they they listen to another guy who's like, hey, just you know, rather than just doing all the hard stuff of reconstructing the way that we live, let's just try this easier option that will probably work. And naturally, they go for the easier option because you know it's easier. And uh, the first guy comes back and says, hey, if that messes up and fails it will be equivalent to dooming humanity. And it kind of goes off on, on the council for being, you know, somewhat corrupt and for not having the most impartial uh, takes or opinions or whatever. And then, you know, in the fourth story, we learned that they went with the cheap option and it failed miserably. It failed like in ways that I think outperformed the worst expectations. And essentially what you see over the last couple 
stories is this it's, it's like you see how humanity changes i guess in the in the uh response to the horrible things that have happened after falling off of that um you know cliff so to speak and it's not like entirely um like it's obviously it, it ends on kind of a dark note but there's a little glimmer of hope um like the very last few lines of the very last uh story are you know in, in the in the face of such hopelessness there's just this little glimmer of optimism which is you know probably not what you would expect in a dystopian series you know certainly don't see that in 1984 but you know it's uh it was a, it was a neat series it was a I don't know. I don't know if the characters all that unique or cliche. Right. It's just kind of a, a yeah. the character doesn't exist for any other purpose than to kind of present a narrative or a, an idea to the board of delegates or whatever. A delegation, I think, is what I call it. But yeah, I don't. That's one of the cool things I've released recently. I'll it's have just... more of that coming too. No, and part of, part of me thinks like if you don't branch like we've talked about this before but if you don't branch off into a story or storylines or ideas that you, out of your comfort zone like for you it's science political story based like based stories and the mine are more trying to you know do what's right with the time see like trying to win something back that you lost or you know just other short stories that don't end very happily and then with bigger projects like writing crime fiction you can't really create something new and unique because you're not expanding your storylines or ideas i guess in a sense i mean yeah the, the newest unique thing i'd ever did was write almost the whole series in second person, but it revolved around something I've talked about, like a similar like mood I've written before, you know, wasn't new. It was just something that I was, you know, used to or accustomed and was comfortable writing about. So I guess taking the uniqueness, not even a character, it's more broadly like as a story, like, like I've said, a story is, um, I'm rambling here. But like not not just the character, but having a unique story will actually oversee helping like having a unique character, I guess, is what I'm trying to say after rambling for five minutes. Yeah. I mean it depends. I guess like sometimes like some stories are very character driven and then some stories are just story driven, you know. So story driven projects, the character is probably gonna fall like, you know, they're not gonna probably be that unique or that important you know, it'll just be kind of a um I don't know, formality i guess in some kind of way and so i and that's how i see my dystopian short series you know like the characters just they're just a delivery mechanism you know and so not really anything i guess but like for the time series that one's a lot more uh character driven of a story so mm -hmm. there's a lot more uniqueness a lot more uh development that goes on there 
could be more development. Really, if you really nitpick things, there definitely could be uh, room for improvement, but we don't have to get into that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you know something I hadn't thought about. I mean, with uh, respect to the crime novel is the you know the idea that your your main character is cliche you know you i i i think in most circumstances you'd want to shy away from cliche characters you know um but ideally you want a character that's relatable to as many people as possible you know and that's i think we're you know certain like tones of empathy you know which it sounds like are in the character kind of help to alleviate that in a way but yeah if it's you know if it's just like a you know mr italy walks in you know and i mean it's uh i don't know i, I don't know if it's necessarily cliche well if it's i don't know if cliche is always a bad thing i feel like huh. i think it's supposed to be but Sometimes maybe it works, you know. I mean, the one rule of writing is that there are no rules, right? So you got to do what works, what works best for your yourself, you know, and then also what uh, you think works best for the story. But, I mean, you, you also go into the one quote that state that I always have in my head from my creative nonfiction professor in college that uh, they're going to mention Gary what? Paulson again. <laughs> oh no, sorry, not Gary Paulson, but. Uh, what like when he i don't the context was i'll just explain it again for you new listeners if we have any at this point but uh you want he's like if i'm sitting down at uh a salon, like or someone sitting down in a salon picking up a magazine waiting to get their hair done what what's going to make them stick out like what's going to make their your story stick out from like the 16 other ones that are in the magazine like you have to make it unique. Uh, it was basically, you don't, you have to, what's going to basically say, what's going to make yours stick out from the others. So that's kind of what you were piggyback, piggyback, piggybacking on what you just said, like make it unique enough and not have a cliche character to have, to help push the story forward and have, you know, a bigger audience, I guess, is what I took from it. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, just, there's a lot of just luck and really really very strenuous work in terms of trying to get published like like the amount of work that's necessary we still have to do a, an episode on that um on the process of getting um published from a traditional outlet or even i mean actually we could even do um a walkthrough with kindle direct publishing too but yeah, it, it's, yeah, a lot of work, a lot of time. I mean, some people have been like, yeah, I had to do 16 rewrites before they accepted it. And then before that, it took months just to get an agent to represent them. And so it's it's a, a hell of a battle just to be able to be on that magazine to begin with. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah. the kind of uh, tough pill to swallow. And so, you know, beyond that, it's it just gets more difficult. But I honestly, I would say just being on the magazine to begin with is it's a, that's a, it's a win. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a big win. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but, um, yeah. Um, 
means we got to start just entering our, our works in a contest a little bit more than we do. That could be another episode too. People watching us actually do it. We've spoke about, at least I have like 17 different times what? that I was going to, um, you know, send it. my, yeah. you know, send my writing out to a contest and I, yeah. I haven't done it. Yeah. I usually do it a few times a year. Um, I haven't had any luck yet. So what does that tell you about, uh, my writing, but, um, yeah, I, at least you're trying. At least you're trying. Yeah, you did your best, son. But it's not our cup of tea. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, it starts. It all starts with making people aware of your of your work. Yeah. But you know, the best way to do that is to have a really compelling story and compelling characters that have really complicated backstories or complicated relationships that help drive the story forward because that's like the heart of every story is conflict so just create as much conflict as you can you know of course make sure that the conflict makes sense too like you don't want uh ridiculous conflict you know like oh man the, the shopkeeper just you know wouldn't let me purchase this item so they you know, so I shot them, and you know, like I don't know, like that's not a good example. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but like conflicts should be organic. They should flow with the story. They should pop up when it's appropriate. Shouldn't be forced. I think the big thing is just complexity and organic stories and characters. You know, believable, relatable. I know all these things. Why haven't I made an award-winning book yet? Uh -huh. <laughs> But uh, anyways, yeah, I guess it's about time to <laughs> jump off this train. <laughs> Any more parting thoughts before we close up shop for a couple weeks? Uh, check out my new story called The Window Shopper. It is out on my website, which I can never give you the actual URL. Just type in my name. First thing that pops up, you know, the, the spiel. Um, maybe... In the next two weeks, I'll have another one out. I don't know. I have something started, but it's like three sentences, so there's no promises there. But it could be a short, short story. It could be a page or two, like Todd has a couple of those on his website. But, well, most uh, of them are like four to five pages. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said you had a couple page or two, so I was, that's what I was kind of like leaning oh, yeah. on. But yeah, that four to three you just had to be like oh no i have four or five I'm like, okay i just, just clarifying oh, i i was looking at my my web page to come with uh, some some marketing ideas and marketing I, just cop, I just happened to catch the end of your sentence there and i just added on uh so well i guess we're gonna transition over to him now if you want to i you go ahead i don't have anything else to say other than check out well and then check out my time series if you have it I call that the award-winning award-winning series that I've created that hasn't won any awards, but it's. I'll make an award. Good. I'll print out a nice piece of paper that says "Greatest Story Ever" for HD Andy. But uh, <laughs> so the I do have a lot of brief short stories on my website. Um, there, I want to say the uh, you know. So I've got I've have a lot of. Um, dystopian series uh i have a couple different ones there's the one that i mentioned before which was 
I think it was called Looking Forward Beyond 2049. That's the beginning of the, the five-part dystopian series. And it ends with The Dusk of Human Empire, which is another pretty brief uh, short story, which is the resolution to that whole thing. Then there's a two-parter that comes after that. It starts with The Patriot and the Other, which is a... It's kind of like... I want to say, if I remember correctly, that short story is basically this speech by a, you know... You could call him like a, a basically a fascist dictator, um, you know, something like that. And then the following story is called the opposition, which is a response. Um, all of that kind of inspired by some uh, political commentary in the real world that I kind of decided to take to the extreme. Which sometimes, you know, taking things to the extreme make it easier to see how things might evolve over time, possibly. Uh, and then there's I've got a story called the First Days of War which was supposed to be a sequel to the patient and the other, but then, you know, invasions happen. And so it's heavily inspired by that a little bit. And then, yeah, got, an got a story called Power Play. I really can't remember what it's about, even though I wrote it just a few days ago. It's a horrible affliction I have. Uh, it's about a four minute read and it is, it's from the perspective of a, um, an opposition member, I guess, to a to the politics of a one-party state. I wrote this after I finished reading 1984, so there's a lot of similarities there. Anyways, uh, tons of brief four or five-minute reads. If you know, if you happen to be on the toilet, you need something to do. Toddbyron.com. You can find some cool stories there. Some cool toilet reads. Yeah, and um, so. Fun fact, my previous website, domain, company, whatever, uh, so they ended up, they shut off commentary on my blog posts, which are, you know, updates and short stories. And then the whole program or process just stopped working. So I now have my website um, connected to a Wix account. So all of my short stories they appear on my website, but if you click on them, it takes you to Wix, which has a the full list of the short stories I have. It doesn't actually show them all on my website anymore. It'll just show like the first 10 and the rest of them, like the older stuff, like the the first three chapters of The Sound of Silence. If you wanted to read that, you can find it on the Wix website, which you can access through toddbyron.com. Um, yeah, it's all there. And you can leave comments and uh, tell me if it's great or awful or if I need to stop writing and get a new career, you know? Or you can be like, hey, good job, bud. Not my cup of tea, but, you know, it was a cool read. <laughs> Whatever you want to say. Say hi. Say hi. How are the kids doing or something? I don't, know. I don't have any kids. But anyways, now I'm rambling. So I'll send it back to HD Andy. Are we, uh, are we done? Are we... Is this I, it? Yeah. I think I might have to close up shop for a couple weeks now. Yeah. sounds about right. vacation. Well, yeah, you know what sounds nice right now is going to the beach. Like, God, that, I live in Florida and I never go to the beach, if it's not already obvious by my very pale complexion. Anyways, you know what? I'm going to go to the beach, even though it's, you know, not as sunny out as it is, as it looks in my background, which is actually a real beach somewhere. Anyways, have a good night. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you in two weeks after our very brief two-month vacation.